Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Second hour of our two-hour show every day, Monday through Friday from noon to 2 Eastern. Today is January the 26th, 2021. It was one year ago today that Kobe Bryant, uh, his daughter, and several other friends, as well as a pilot, passed away tragically in a uh, crash in a helicopter in uh, Southern California. And on this day, Joe, a lot of folks are honoring Kobe's legacy, not to mention a lot of other people lost their lives in that accident as well. A day that I know that we will never forget and want to make sure that we honor that today here on Sports Grid. Yeah, it was uh, certainly a terrible tragedy for all of those families involved. And who would have thought that that would have set the tone for 2020? Because it kind of did in a lot of ways. I mean, that was kind of all downhill from there. I remember kind of the world stopped then. And then a few weeks later, we were in lockdowns in a lot of places. And 2020 became a very difficult year. And uh, now here we are a year later and hopefully on the upswing of that. But uh, the legacy of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, is certainly one that was, I think, honored quite a bit. It'll be fascinating tonight in the NBA to see it honored again, I'm sure. Many players will be doing that this evening in the NBA, and that's something to watch for tonight in the NBA. Yep, Kyrie Irving yesterday wore uh, Kobe Bryant's jersey. You'll see that again tonight, no question. All right, here are our headlines on this edition of the show. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George going to be out tonight due to COVID protocols for uh, the interesting L.A. Clippers, of course, who uh, I would seem to be a pretty strong competitor this year. Kawhi's had a great start, no doubt. Russell Westbrook heads back to Houston tonight to face the Rockets. There's only three NBA games, so we'll make the most of that as well. Bedlam on the hardwood. Oklahoma taking on Texas. They're going to have to do it without Shaka Smart. He tested positive for COVID, going to miss the game. Major League Baseball going to hold their first ever pre-draft combine which does make a lot of sense joe and as we are on the cusp here of the senior bowl i know kyle trask from the florida gator is not going to be participating in that one due to an injury uh we, we really have never had this before in major league baseball and i think that this will give all of the folks that are involved in the draft process a little bit more information the only thing that it does when you think about it joe it is interesting that it gives the the teams more information and a better chance to know the players so in the long term it certainly could help someone but in the short term you'd have to think that those teams that do a really good job scouting without this are kind of like no 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 combine we don't want it we don't want to have it we don't want to give somebody else an edge where they wouldn't have had previously because let's be honest joe just like in football in baseball uh, some teams are better drafters than others it's just a fact Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's it Uh, i i have no idea what the obstacle course, what they're not doing bench presses. I can tell you that right now, the pitchers are not doing bench presses. Okay. There's not going to be a three cone drill. I have no idea what this is going to look like. I don't know if it's like a thing, how far you can spit a seed, how many cliches you can give it a microphone. 
I mean, for a major league baseball player, there's certain hurdles and things that you have to do with, with a certain amount of relevancy and, and a certain amount of aptitude, but my goodness, a, a combine for major league baseball, what does this look like? Are they just going to hit ground balls? It's like, well, get the fungo bat. Who's up next? It's like little league tryouts. What are we doing here? Is this really a thing? Is this what we're going to do? Let's see how well you back can. Let's, let's throw a bunch of balls at the catcher and see if he can block the ball. I mean, this is little league tryouts. You're going to have little league tryouts for grown men. I, this, this might be must watch television. I can tell you right now, if they televise this, I will watch this and I will, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a six pack and sit down and some chips and I want to watch this. I want to see what the MLB combine consists of because I'm pretty sure it doesn't consist of running. I'm sure of that. It does not consist of bench pressing. Uh, I don't know what the 40 times of Bartolo Colon might've been or somebody like that coming out of uh, <laughs> to the draft. But, but Craig, honestly, what, what is the plan for this? I mean, this is going to be guys like trying to throw balls through walls and, and try to light up radar guns because that has nothing to do with getting guys out in the major leagues. It's how you pitch in games against guys. It's, it's how you locate when there's a guy in the box. That, that's what I don't understand. Like how much can you learn from this except getting everybody together and kind of being able to, to talk to the guys. And I think that makes that part easier, but from the actual skills point of view, what can you really glean from any of this? Well, I mean, pitcher fastball, how, you know, how they make the ball spin, maybe spin rate is something that they can judge in terms of a hitter exit velocity, probably all the advanced stats is a guess. Okay. Just a guess. I don't know the answer to that, but stuff that they could get in a regular game, by the way, stuff that in football, Joe, you could get in a regular game too. So I I, I don't don't like the combine of football either. I don't, I think it's it's totally, no, but listen, baseball sees the popularity of the football combine and says, okay, let's do it. That's it. Nothing else to it. I want to see. Um, I want to see relief pitchers bench press. That's what I want to see. Just, just one, one arm, one arm press. <laughs> just, just let, just the bar. You don't have to even put weights on. Just the bar. Just let him press it three times. That's it. Just the bar. <laughs> Sorry, relievers. Blowing Sorry. bubbles. Who could blow the well, biggest yeah. bubble? Hot foots. You know, these are important things in a baseball clubhouse. You have to have a certain aptitude and feel for. So we'll see if the MLB combine becomes a thing. Nobody could see it, right? Because they, they see everything the NFL he, does. How fast the guy from the bullpen can run to the mound? Ah, that's a good one, too. That's a good one. I like that one. We, we, there's going to be a whole list of this. This is going to be all week, I can tell you right now. And let me tell you, please, if this gets televised, we are going I want to get sent to cover it. I can only assume it's going to really? be in Florida, so you will wow. be there. But I, I want to I be there for this. I want to hit fungos. I want to be out there. I want to have my hat on. Maybe you give me a visor that's got the fake hair on it. That's a good look for me. That's what I want okay. to be part of this. I'm in. We'll get you set up. We'll send. We'll get. We'll get you a credential for sure. We'll <laughs> and then, and then next year when we're when we're at home, you can do your. You can show us the credential. We that's right. All that. That's right. There you go. So gold. There we Great go. boring TV. You do it all over again. Uh, okay, coming up next, Kobe Bryant's uh, cards are. Uh, Obviously very expensive. Josh Cohen is going to tell us how much. Also review Hank Aaron's rookie cards as well. So, SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back to fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid, and as always on Tuesdays, Josh Cohen joins us from PC Sports Cards. A lot happening in sports today. Of course, later today we'll find out if anyone got in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, also, uh, some some really significant things happening over the weekend and some anniversaries. We're going to get all that and how that really pertains to sports cards today here on the show. Uh, Josh, thanks once again for coming on here on this Tuesday. Thanks for having me again, Craig. You know, it's been a while since I was on. It's been a couple weeks, and I didn't get my ASU update last week because I wasn't on. And unfortunately, we are just terrible. I think yeah. we might be the worst, Josh. Yeah. worst rebounding team in the country. It's really fun to watch, lose close games to our rivals for no reason. It's awesome. Go Devils. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that well, listen, you got, still got a long season to go. You just no, got to win every game the rest of the year to get in. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, there's a couple of directions I want to go today. I first want to start with a video that you posted. Uh, Hank Aaron, of course, the legendary Hank Aaron, passed away last Friday here on the show. And then pretty uh, shortly after when we talked about it, you posted a video of a card that you had of Hank Aaron. And I know that I'm sure everybody wants to buy this from you right now. Uh, you have said that you are not selling it, and so I thought we would lead off with this. Now, this is Hank Aaron's rookie card signed. Is that correct? I can only imagine there's got to be some story behind this one. That is correct. Actually, we picked up a large collection and had like eight or nine of these in it. We bought it a couple years ago. We still have a couple left, but I chose the one that I thought was the nicest, sharp auto, sharp corners, not really well-centered, but a great card, and it's one of the things that I collect, so I just wanted it for my collection, and I still want it for my collection, and I just love the card. It's a 1954 Hank Aaron. I talked to a PSA grader once about it, and they told me it's a little small, from probably from like water damage and shrinking and then expanding, so that's why it comes back as authentic, not a grade, but it looks like a four overall, so to me, it's just one of those cards that's just going to sit on my wall forever and never go anywhere. Yeah, no, and, and listen, the timing of, of it obviously is uh, is just kind of ironic how you do a video like that. And by the way, you can catch all of Josh's YouTube reveal videos and all of the orders that he gets back from PSA. Some of them actually include uh, my cards. I actually have a bunch of cards coming back, ironically, this week, too. I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, next week here on the show. Um, okay, this is also a very tough time for sports fans. It's the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing away in that faded helicopter crash, arguably one of the greatest players in the history of sports, not just the NBA, but in the history of sports, Josh. And I know that, you know, collecting Kobe Bryant was always cool to do. I collected Kobe Bryant's rookie cards. I had a bunch of them. But boy, when he passed away, the secondary market for his cards uh, sort of went through the roof. And, and now it's very difficult to even obtain 
a Kobe Bryant rookie card. They went up, I, I think, like 200%. And they're still where they were from a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year for basketball cards in general with all iconic players. And not only was he an iconic player, because you can be an iconic player and not be collectible, but he was an iconic player, an iconic personality. And last year when that happened, his market went bonkers. And it still is. It's, it's actually, I, we had a, PSA 9 Topps Chrome Kobe come back in one of our orders recently and I looked up the value and I couldn't believe what it was. It's 10 times what it was mm. what before his passing, but it's also almost four times what it was in December. Wow. So that just shows you how much the basketball market has taken off in the last year. Yeah, and and uh, and, and look, for, for collectors of, of Kobe Bryant, I remember when I was collecting cards... I used to just buy like a, I used to buy like random Michael Jordan cards. I used to buy random uh, Kobe Bryant cards too, and so I have a lot of them. Uh, we'll show you one a little bit later in the uh, in in our in our segment here that I still have to this day. Kobe Bryant, one of his rookie cards. Uh, to, uh, later today, Josh, this is really topical for us. We're going to have the National Baseball Hall of Fame announcement. It looks like no one's getting in. It looks like Barry Bonds is going to have to wait. Roger Clemens is going to have to wait. It looks like Kurt Schilling is going to have to wait at least another year. We also have some other. Hall of Famers who were out there. But but those were like the junk wax era, as we would call it, or maybe just before that, Josh, with Clemens and Bonds. I think everybody recognizes Bonds' old cards with the Pirates, 86 tops, 87 tops. Roger Clemens had an 84 Fleer update, 1985 tops, and and a 10 there, hundreds of dollars. But I, I think what people are probably more interested in, Josh, from your perspective, is who are the next Hall of Famers to get? Because after all, if no one's going in this year, you know the Hall's got to put in somebody over the next four or five years. Who are some of those players that you're buying cards that you're buying of guys that we could see a significant rise so the main guys are the obvious guys and it's Ichiro Pujols whenever he retires um Ortiz which his rookie cards say David Arias not David Ortiz on them and uh, Adrian Beltre and all those guys I would consider buying right now we've seen a big jump in Ichiro recently um but the other guys have stayed steady. I think that they're undervalued compared to other guaranteed, basically guaranteed Hall of Famers. Do, do you think in general that uh, for let, let's just let's take away the hobbyist for a minute. We've talked a lot about the hobby and collecting cards. Let's talk sure. about the investment point of view. Is is we, we see that like on on Sunday night when when Tom Brady won, his cards went up again. We're going to see that again coming into the Super Bowl. <laughs> is, is there that artificial bump? for a player getting in the Hall of Fame? Like, are we going to see that next Saturday night with Peyton Manning when he's announced? Are we going to see when Tim Duncan is inducted this coming summer when he is announced? And will we see that with baseball as well? Is there all, is there always sure. in the card business that artificial 20% bump, 30% it's, bump? It's a little weird because, like, some guys like Duncan, for example, and Ichiro and all these guys, it's so obvious that they're going to get in. So you would think that it would sort of be priced in already. But it's not. And when they get announced, it's sort of like out of sight, out of mind. So they retire. People are like, oh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, so I'll buy his cards. Then a year later, sort of trickle down because you're not really thinking, oh, when's Tim Duncan going to get selected? When is Ichiro going to get selected? What's the year that they're going to happen? So then, oh, my God, they're they're selected. I want their rookie card again. I want this card. I want that card. So you see a bump when they get announced. They got selected, elected into the Hall of Fame. And then you see another bounce when they actually get in and they have the ceremony because – not only does the card collector want to get the card, but somehow, some way, somebody that is not really a collector is like, oh, cards are coming back. I collected cards when I was a kid. 
let me see how much this is. Oh, it's 300 bucks. I'll just buy it. Oh, it's 500 bucks. I'll just buy it. Oh, it's 30 bucks. I'll just buy it. Whatever fits their budget. So I think that we'll see some guys go up. I think um, Beltre and Ortiz, for example, have stayed very steady uh, in the past year. Well, we've seen in PSA 10 of the Topps Chrome traded Ichiro, that's gone up about fivefold in Mm. under a year. So I wouldn't expect as much movement, even though he's obviously one of the best ever. Um, interestingly enough about his tops Chrome traded card is the PSA 10 has gone up, but the PSA nine has stayed flat. So if you're looking at an investment standpoint, the PSA nine might be a better buy than the PSA 10 right now, percentage wise, but I'd stick to Beltre and I'd stick to Ortiz more than each right now, just based on the movement that's happened already. Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, Ortiz is, is on deck here in a couple of years. He's been now retired for a few years. And so as, Josh mentioned his rookie card on the Twins says David Arias. It's a uh, Fleer card, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Still pretty pricey raw, like a $100 card regardless. So if you get a good grade, you send it in to Josh. He sends it to get graded. It comes back a PSA 9 or a PSA 10, and your day is made. That's the way that it works <laughs> in, the, in the card grading business. All right, let's end with this. Uh, my card, as we always do to end the show, uh, this is my lone PSA 10 Kobe Bryant. This is it. It's a a rookie card of his, collector's choice, strange one, I know, upper deck, (laughs) rookie card, team set. I bought several team sets 20 years ago uh, with Shaq on the front of the Los Angeles Lakers when they signed Shaq. And uh, a couple years ago, I went and found them all, opened them all up, sent them into Josh, got a bunch of nines. Got 110, and this is the one that I kept, and there it is. All right, Josh. Well, listen, uh, have yourself a great week. We look forward to seeing uh, you again next week, and we'll continue the card discussion. Next week, we'll focus on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Craig. Great as Josh Cohen, PCSportsCards.com, his YouTube channel. Each and every day has a brand-new reveal video of the cards that he's getting back. And if you go to his website, PCSportsCards.com, you can actually learn a lot about the sports card industry. If you've been watching these interviews, thinking about getting back into it, maybe getting into grading a little bit, can teach you something along the way. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. When we come back next, speaking of Kobe Bryant, Mike Procopio is going to join us here on the show. A uh, former trainer of Kobe Bryant shares his stories next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. One year ago, the passing of Kobe Bryant sent shockwaves around the world of sports. And certainly to this day, still doesn't seem real. Well, somebody with a lot of familiarity with Kobe Bryant is Mike Procopio, of course. He's trained many players throughout the years in the NBA. You also hear him on the Rogues and Bogues podcast. Um, just does a tremendous job on there and certainly wanted to bring him on because he certainly can speak to uh, the life and history uh, of Kobe Bryant. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on once again here on Fantasy Sports Today. How are you? Craig, it's uh... Yeah, it's been a tough, tough couple of days just sort of getting ready for this. And uh, but things are going, you know, well, generally just uh, just a somber mood the last couple of days, you know. Yeah, no, it has to be. And you knew that this day eventually would come. We'd be one year out. Uh, Look, I I can't certainly uh, share any stories like you can. But I I suppose for the viewing audience who watches me on the show every day, uh, I was getting ice cream with my son. I was getting ice cream with my son. And uh, being Mike, be, being someone in the media who knows everything, who is on Twitter, who's very active on social media, to have the ice cream man uh, ask me, did you hear what happened to Kobe Bryant? And I said, yes, he was at the game last night with LeBron, watching LeBron. Like, LeBron, I was yeah. like that up on what he did the night before. To hear that, it stunned me. And I remember sitting down with my son and my son looking at me and saying, do you think he's telling the truth? And then I went on social media and I saw that. So... Uh, Mike, it is a sad day for everyone. I, I know it's a day that we'll rejoice and we will celebrate the life of Kobe, but you had a special relationship with him, and I'd love for you to kind of talk about how that started. So it was back in 2009. Um, I got a call from my boss, Tim Grover, at the time, who was Michael Jordan's personal trainer who was working with Kobe individually uh, with his strength program throughout the year, traveling with him. There was an article written on in February that year uh, by Michael Lewis of Moneyball, um, from the New York Times, and, and basically talking about how the Houston Rockets used analytics to try, try to stop Kobe Bryant or at least hold him under his normal average and be as inefficient as possible. So I was in Minnesota at the time. I was visiting Kevin McHale. He was coaching the Minnesota Timberwolves at the time. I got this call from Tim and said, Tim, look, uh, Mike, look, Kobe Bryant's going to be reaching out to you. He read the article. He's a f- you know, fanatic about you know, obviously his game and wanting to be as efficient as possible and win. And he's going to call you and asking you about this. So I got an email from, I said, give him my email and, and we'll go from there. And he sends me this email, say, look, I need you to do some covert information uh, operation for me. I need every ounce of intel that scouts and coaches have on me as far as how to guard me, how to defend me, the things that they want to do. So I reached out. I, I said, look, give me, give me some time. I'll reach out to my people I did. I reached out to head coaches, assistant coaches, scouts. They didn't really give me a great background of Kobe. They basically gave me the same thing. Force some tough shots. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll shoot himself out of a game. And I know if I came back to him like that, I would never hear from him again or this project would go nowhere. So I, you know, copped on my computer. I said, hey, look, give me another 24 hours or so. I'm going to run through these games. So I ran through these games. I, I put a whole report together of what Houston was doing to defend him and guard him. Shane Battier was the, the, the main defender in this. And not only did I give him the report, but I also gave him a whole breakdown and critique of what he was doing wrong. Some of the, you know, overshooting, some of the hero ball shots he would take, not utilizing Paul Gasol as much as he should and utilizing, um, you know, Trevor Reza as well, who was on that 09 championship team. So basically it was this report. Hey, this is what you need to do. Some video uh, to go along with it. 
basically saying that, look, they're playing you tough, but they have Yao Ming in the middle. You take these tough shots with three or four defenders on you, and they want to filter you into Yao Ming. And instead of trying to pass the ball and space the floor, you're taking these tough shots trying to, you know, trying to shoot over someone who's like seven foot five. It's almost impossible. You're not going to be efficient. They're forcing you into their game. So I said, look, you need to space the floor. You need to force Yao Ming to move his feet. You know, that's the biggest thing. Use Pau Gasol to space the floor. When you drive and, you know, Pau gets out of the paint, pass the ball to Pau. He has open shots all day. If Yao's going to step out, he could drive right by him. So I gave him some pointers, some things that I thought I was seeing. And he goes, thank you. Appreciate it. And that's it. I thought I would never hear from him again. Mm. Well, they they play Houston. He shoots like 14 out of, I want to say 14 out of 20, no, 14 out of 23 or 14 out of 9. Shot about 61% from the field. Had about 32. Uh, the game breaker, right, with about a minute and a half left, he steps out on a pick and roll. And who's waiting for him is Yao Ming. Right. Instead of, instead of using his normal just try to shoot over him, he drove right by him and he wasn't even there. Like he wasn't even there. So um, Kevin McHale was laughing. He goes, you, you think you're going to ever hear from the guy again? I go, probably not, but that's what we want to do. Just service the client. Well, he gets interviewed and I, and my phone, you know, lights up at about a minute and a half after he gets interviewed. He goes, we got San Antonio tomorrow. I need the same thing. And mm-hmm. I want you to critique me. And I want you to give me a scouting report on my opponent every game. Wow. So that was like a four year relationship of, you know, of being his personal scout would work him out at a time. We would talk probably my report will get to him around 7 a.m. His time. Um, I was in Chicago. He was in L.A. And then after shoot around, we would start our talk game day, probably all the way up to about 90 minutes before game time. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth 15, 20 times. Uh, if he needed something else, we would talk about the report, what he agreed with, what he didn't. And he wanted to know every detail of everybody, not only the, the the starter that he was defending and was defending him, but the backup and the backup's backup. <laughs> he wanted and just his attention to detail on that and his competitive nature um, was unmatched. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a tremendous story, Mike. I mean, the, 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 that's a story that nobody else could tell. Um, you know, certainly. So I'm I'm guessing that um, the relationship probably went beyond basketball a little bit because. You had that four-year relationship with him. Um, would you would you basically say that of all the people that you've worked with, that he was the most con- intense competitor of all time? I mean, yeah. everyone says that, but I mean, asking for the backups backup. <laughs> yeah, our, rela- our relationship was almost strictly basketball, though, Craig. Like what we talked about, my, my first message to him was like, look, if we're going to do this, I can't do this if we're going to be friends. If we're gonna, I'm not going to be asking you for anything. This is going to be service to client. I, I got to be able to talk to you, sometimes critique you. And if we're friends, we're boys, like some other people like to do with pro athletes, it's not going to work. Wow. So we were strictly basketball. And you know, and later on, it got to be more than that. But what made him a great player and, and one of the all-time greats, Craig, is four things that most players have, maybe one or two of, but not all four. He had God-given talent and the athletic attributes, six foot six, and, you know, um, that was the first one. Athletic gifts that was given by God. The second thing was the high skill level for his position, able to shoot the ball, pass the ball, defense, you name it, he can do it. The third thing was, you know, his competitive spirit. He wanted to kill every opponent that he wanted. You know, anybody he beat, anybody that was facing him, he wanted to destroy. 
You know, uh, that nice guy stuff after he retired was great. He wasn't that nice guy while he played, especially against teams and players that he's competing against. And the fourth thing is his he prepared like he was the 13th man on the team. He didn't prepare like he was the best player of all time. He, he kept his game right with game shots, you know, got all his work in, would work all hours of the night getting his, you know, getting his game like that. He took care of his body and he studied every opponent. So those four factors are what makes him him. And that's what makes most players can't get to that level because they'll have one of those attributes, but not all four. Mm. Does it seem real to you a year later that, that this has all happened? Because, you know, we see it just still doesn't seem real to me, Mike. It's a reoccurring nightmare that, you know, that I lose sleep over just to this day. Um, to somebody like that who, you know, there's somebody like that, an icon on and off the floor, what he was doing um, to lose someone like that, that tragically. I was, I was like you, you said you were getting ice cream. I was getting, going to Staples and mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine, Jason Sullivan from Las Vegas that I talked to a couple of times a year and he goes, TMZ's reporting Kobe's dead and died in a helicopter crash. And I, I, I had to get out of my car. It was an hour, went in the Staples, two and a half hours of just circling and I was paralyzed for about two and a half hours, three hours. I couldn't, I couldn't think. I couldn't function. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't have my phone with me. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a tragic day that you know, I think it's going to take a long time for people to even think about hailing hailing with. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. Um, when, when you uh, when you when you look back at, at the past year and and you see kind of how people have celebrated Kobe. Um, is there some, we have two minutes to go, Mike, by the way, is, sure. is there, is there something specifically that sticks out? Uh, that story that you told, by the way, was tremendous about your scouting of Houston and how it kind of all got started. But is there something that people maybe either don't know or should know about Kobe, either the player or the person, uh, as, as we kind of celebrate his life today with the one year anniversary of his passing? You know, I mean, Everybody respects him as a competitor and the player that he is. I don't think many people besides his family and very, very close friends um, really, really got to know him. I knew him just by on the basketball level. I spent some time with him in L.A. Uh, back in 2011 during the lockout. But uh, he was just he was professional. He never badmouthed coaches, teammates. He, he just sort of he competed you respect it. He respected the game. He respected the work that had to be put in. And I think just people understood the competitor that he was and also the great player that he was, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to me. Yep, no doubt. Uh, I'm sure you'll be talking about it on your podcast. Uh, Mike is the co-host. He doesn't like to say he's the host, but he's the co-host uh-huh. on a podcast with Andrew Bogut called Rogues and Bogues. Make sure you check it out and listen to it. Uh, nobody has stories like uh, Mike does, certainly, as uh, Kobe was one of his clients for many, many years. Uh, Mike, thank you. I know it's a tough day, but thank you for coming on Fantasy Sports Today. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch mm-hmm. up again and talk some other NBA very soon, okay? Thanks, Craig. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Mike Procopio. Here with us on Fantasy Sports Today, one year since Kobe Bryant has passed. Uh, Really very sad day for all of us, for sure. But we uh, continue on here on Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. So make sure you stay with us on the grid. And we'll be back in just two minutes. Don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, coming up tonight at 6 o'clock Eastern, the National Baseball Hall of Fame will make their announcement who is in and who is out. I know this is just a huge day for Joe. He sits around the couch just like NFL Championship Sunday, orders his Chinese food, has everybody over. They all, you know, are rooting for Manny Ramirez to get in. And regardless if he gets in or not, they get a good meal out of it. Does that sound right tonight? Does that sound accurate? It's pretty close. Pretty close. We're in the leftover Chinese food stage from Sunday. That's leftover. that's where we're at tonight. Yeah, look. What is your go to? Very... What is your go to, Joe? Your go to Chinese food meal? Oh, I'm I'm an orange chicken guy, but I I do like to hold the whole you know sample everything with everybody else. Always dumplings, always orange chicken. But I like to sample gotcha. the different things. That's why we like to split it all up. Everybody, you order this, you order that. That's what a good household does. Everybody orders something. And then everybody kind of moves around. Do you have a go-to Chinese food order? I imagine you do. Uh, you know, you know what? Um, sweet and sour, I think, is something that I've like. I haven't had a lot in the last nine months. In fact, I had mm-hmm. I've, I've had Chinese food one time in the last nine months. It was about a month ago. But I, I will say, say this. Um, probably so. <laughs> I think that sounds right. But but the the one the one thing that was that's interesting that you mentioned the orange chicken is that and i hate to give plugs for places or whatever but um you know my daughter and my son their or their school happens to be about a 25 minute drive from from where mm-hmm. i am and so that means you're i'm getting to school in the past in the past not mm-hmm. not 2020 in the past so that means getting to school early and i could tell you that once a week for sure i was uh, a panda express guy i really like panda hmm. express like i for some reason like that was something that i and i haven't had it in nine months but that that was one that i definitely enjoyed i will say that right. for sure the right. orange chicken there you go these are important things that i think our listeners and our watchers need to know that's it that's why we're here important that's why we're here this is it this is the only reason i think sometimes you're Good a dumb rolling guy, on aren't team, you? right you're a dumpling guy, What's aren't that? you? You're you're a dumpling guy. Dumpling, definitely... yeah. I, I like dumplings. Not bad. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah, you like everybody likes dumplings. You don't like dumplings. I don't trust you. You gotta like dumplings. Who doesn't like dumplings? Come on, perfection. Dumplings. Yeah, Big right. thumbs up. All right, but listen. I'll I'll just I'll have them just so you trust me. Okay. Fantasy or reality? Okay, that was three minutes. We'll never get back. Fantasy or reality? The designated hitter, according to, uh, I believe it was John Heyman, my friend John Heyman, I think he said that yesterday that they're still on the negotiating table right now. There is no DH in the National League. We all assume there would be. 
We're less than a month from spring training opening. That's got to get done before spring training begins, I would think. <laughs> Fantasy reality, no DH in the NL is a mistake. This is very, I'm going to be very long-winded probably here, but go ahead, you start. I'll try to be brief then to give you all the wind that you need. Uh, you know what you should do here? They should they should go play the All-Star game, and whatever side wins, that's the rules oh, you play by. How about that? How I about like that? that? I just threw that out there. Finally, the All-Star game matters. American League wins, everybody plays with a DH next year. The following year, National League wins, no DH for everybody. There you go. Now everybody's miserable, and then the All-Star game means something. Uh, look, NL should be a DH. I've gone on millions of times. I will let Craig have the floor here, but my short and sweet, sweet and sour <clears throat> um, take on this is basically, look, pitchers don't hit in high school. They don't hit in college. They don't hit in the minor leagues. They don't hit in the American league. The only place a pitcher hits is the national league. They don't hit in college. They don't hit in prep school. They don't hit in travel ball. Only place a pitcher hits is national league. And all of a sudden now they're supposed to hit national league, major league pitching. It's a farce. It's ridiculous. The only reason we don't have it yet is because they're trying to use it like some sort of negotiating ploy for the upcoming CBA. And that's one thing everybody knows the players want. Everybody knows this is a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen eventually anyway. So everybody's just kind of barely hanging on about it because eventually, you know, they know it's all going to happen. So every side is trying to hold on to some piece of it. It's nonsense. Just put it in. Let's move forward and let's move on. Craig, the floor is yours. Yeah, I wish I could just take the video from me making my appearance this morning on the morning after and, and play it here, uh, but I guess I got to do it again. Uh, look, your Joe is right. It is a mistake. There should be a DH in the NL, but it isn't as simple as Joe is saying. It's just, it should be, we got to have it. I mean, it is business at the end of the day. It really is. And and you cannot expect as much money as the owners have, and they got a lot. They could buy me over and Joe over a hundred times. You can't just expect them to go, oh yes, let's just have the NL, the DH, and let's just pay 15 more guys. $100 million a piece starting next year. It's not realistic. There has got to be bargaining here. I understand it's better for the game. There is no question. But the finances of it do speak to something has to give on the uh, side of the players. It has to be. You're, you're paying 15 more guys hundreds of millions of dollars on rosters instead of watching pitchers strike out. It is better for the game, financially speaking. It is better for the players. So something has to give back to the owners, Joe. It has to happen. And and, it, and maybe not the expanded playoffs. And I understand that part of the equation is a wreck, the collective bargaining, totally. But you can't just have it. It can't just accept it with nothing back in return. It's not fair. And I hate to say it for the owners, but it is not fair to them. It's not. So that's my two-minute right. diatribe. That's good. That's good. Okay. Budweiser announced yesterday that they are going to not, I repeat, not run a Super Bowl for the first time in 37 years to focus more on COVID awareness. Super Bowl commercials are a very big part of everyone's household because uh, it just seems as though if you're not into football, whether you're male or female, you are into the commercials and saying, oh, that was good, or that was bad, or that was the best one, or that was the worst one. Fantasy or reality. Super Bowl commercials, Joe, are overrated. Reality, most of them are overrated. However, we've had some classics. And I think every year that you always have one or two that kind of stand out. And you have one or two that stand out for the right reasons. And then maybe one or two stand out because they're so terrible and horrible. And you can't even understand what they're trying to sell you. However, I will say this. This has been going on in my personal family for many, many years now. I brought on the tradition with my children. What we do is, and I recommend anybody else, small gatherings. If you're going to watch the Super Bowl, 
right? Together with people, or you could even do it via Zoom or whatever. Everybody picks a category, beer, cars, technology, whatever. You pick a category, everybody puts five bucks in a pot and somebody keeps track. You gotta hear, it's amazing. The game, everybody's watching the game. When the commercials would come on in my house or a Super Bowl party, everything's quiet. What's it gonna be next? What's it gonna be next? Oh, it's Doritos. Oh, who had snacks? Oh, this person. It's a fun way to kind of watch the commercials. You put a little action on it. I don't know if FanDuel has props on it. If not, they should. You can come to me, Joey P. I will set you up with the whole Pizza Pia house, the way we run this whole event, and I'll make it all break down for you. So the Pizza Pia commercial bowl will get you set up on FanDuel for it as soon as possible. Uh, but yes, when you're watching it that way, looking for it, and you've got a little cash on the side about it, it's not bad. The commercials are even, when they're bad, they're still pretty good because they might pay off. And Craig, if you want to get a box, uh, right now we have cell phones open still. Uh, anything cell phone mm. related and uh wow. I, I think uh perhaps um we have energy drinks as well you could always get a square for energy drinks just let me know we'll, we'll get you in there how about covid related commercials can i get in on that oh absolutely absolutely that's the oh beauty. i'm in my five dollars is in you know i'm good for it joe i'll pay i know you are you know i know you are i wish they will hold i may wait till the, i may wait till it's all over but i will i will pay <laughs> Um, I, I think Super Bowl commercials, this is fantasy. I don't think they're overrated. I think that some are really good. I've enjoyed them through the years. I do remember the Bud Light commercials with the frogs. Um, the, uh, I remember last year with Tom Brady had a big commercial in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it, it's hard to remember going back every single one of them. Tostitos has, has had some good ones in the past. I don't know that this year we should hold them accountable for that because the marketing budgets can't possibly be what they were previously to spend million or millions of dollars on commercials. But I do not think they were overrated. I've, I enjoy them, and I, and I especially enjoy them in the first half because you never know how the game is going to go. We have been extremely fortunate the past almost decade, <clears throat> excuse me, for having all good Super Bowls. Like when you and I grew uh, up, Joe, we didn't get the through the Patriots, second half of games. Like the Patriots, these games Rams were over. Was not Patriots, Rams were That was not, not a great game. game. You knew the Patriots were going to win. Yes, yeah, that's that, true, that, that but, but really, there haven't been many like that. No, they've been mostly pretty good, I, and it's a credit to the NFL and you know the 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 way the map is set out there for the playoffs. You are typically getting the better teams or the very hot team at the very least coming in there. So NFL's done a good job. They, this is where parity works, right? I mean, the NFL's dream is for everybody to be eight and eight, and then eventually we have some kind of tiebreaker, and that's that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, I look, I, I think of what's up. When I think of uh, Super Bowl commercials, absolutely, I think of absolutely. Uh, that's the one that always pops up. I always think of the Bud Bowl as a kid. I don't know why, but I was Bud totally fascinated. Yes. Right? By why are these bottles of beer in such a rivalry playing football against each other? And every year they would show up, and I don't know if they beat like Michelob or other teams, but it seemed like every year it was like the Bud and Bud Light. It was, I mean, maybe Bud Dry was a free agent signing that year. I can't remember. Oh, but I definitely right. I remember that. Very big, that. very big signing. It was a very big deal. Bud Dry was a huge signing, free agent. I want to say undrafted uh, free agent possibly as well. Nobody saw Bud Dry coming. Uh, I remember Zima commercials too. Remember the Super Bowl? It was Zima that one year. And yes. Pepsi. Pepsi had the big Cindy Crawford commercial when in our youth. I remember that too, right? Or, or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're overrated. I enjoy it. No, sometimes they're well, not what's overrated is whatever show they end up putting on right after the Super Bowl because that's never good. Oh, always, always. It's the Friends never episode good. after the Super Bowl. It's the this episode. It's the premiere of this. It's X Files. It's never good. And, no, 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 it's never good. It's always right. some like crime show or whatever. It's just it's never good. All right, um, let's close it out here. Uh, HBO Max seems like HBO Max in the news a lot lately. That and Peacock, all these streaming services are really picking up steam. 
And Hollywood Reporter reported yesterday that early development for HBO Max on uh, Harry Potter series. And so uh, fantasy reality, Joe, uh, Harry Potter's had several books. You've read a uh, one of them. Let's just start with one. Fantasy reality, you've read a Harry Potter book. I have read all seven Harry Potter books. Now, I didn't read The wow. Cursed Child. I have it. But I have read all seven of the Harry Potter books. They are magical. I love me some Harry Potter books. The books are better than the movies. The movies are quite good. Some movies better than others. The books are absolutely spectacular. The detail, the storytelling, everything in it, it's just wonderful. I highly recommend the Harry Potter books. I know people roll their eyes out. No, Harry Potter books are great. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, I, I'm curious to see where they go with this whole live-action series. Uh, I have a good guess here that Craig has not uh, received his letter for Hogwarts yet. Uh, I, I don't know what house Craig Mish is in, but I, I'm guessing he is either a Slytherin or a Ravenclaw, potentially. Uh, he doesn't strike me as a Gryffindor, I'm not sure. But yeah, Harry Potter stuff is great. In fact, over quarantine here, started reading the Harry books, uh, Harry Potter books to my kids. We read the first two. We're on to number three already. So that tells you how long uh, the 2020 has kind of dragged on. But how about you, Craig? Have you ever read a Harry Potter book? This would be reality. I have. I ah. I have to get, lean on you for the names, but I definitely read the first one. Definitely. I'm pretty sure I finished the second one. What was the name of the second one? Do you know? Second one was The Chamber of Secrets, but the second one is kind of a rehash. It's the third and the fourth ones where they get really good. I love what was the, the third one, one called. The third one is Prisoner of Azkaban. That's when you get Serious Black. I read that one too. Gary Oldman. I've, I've read three, I want to say. I, right. I want to say I've read three. Four is my favorite. It's a tournament. You love a good tournament. You're a sports guy. Yeah, I remember that. With Quidditch? Quidditch? Whatever? Yeah. No, 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 no. There, there's a whole tournament for the Triwizard Tournament. That's what's going on at the schools. All the schools come over. Oh, it's like oh, a big, you know, remember. it's a big deal. Yeah. That's, it was a while ago, man. There's a whole wizard. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I don't know why I stopped. I don't know. Maybe it's something I'll have to pick up again. But uh, definitely read it. Reality, I've read at least two. I believe I've read three. Because that third one that you just mentioned sounds very familiar, and I think I stopped at that point. So there you have it. was it. good. All right. Well, coming up next, it's time for us to get into the Sports Grid 60, and then we'll be right back here on the show tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Fantasy Sports Today. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Before we end today's show, we do a little thing called the SportsGrid 60. First time watching the show. Here's how it goes. Joe Pizzapia has a topic. He talks about it for a minute. I pick a topic. I talk about it for a minute. And then we both go on our merry way for the day. So let's turn it over to Joe. See what he's got today. Joe? Hopefully some dumplings is what I got after the show's over. All right. Everybody's talking about, well, look at Tom Brady. See, he's the one. He's the reason. Belichick is overrated, all this stuff. That's a bunch of nonsense, okay? Great players, great coaches have been going together for years and years like peanut butter and jelly. John Wooden, for God's sakes, he had Bill Walton. He had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not bad, right? Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He also had, oh, I don't know, uh, let's see, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. You know, it seems like good players and good coaches all go hand in hand. But you know what? Sometimes you need the right coach and the right player combination to make a dynasty. And Michael Jordan didn't win any championships before Phil got there. And guess what? Bill Belichick won a whole lot with the Giants and won with the, even the Cleveland Browns without Tom Brady. So, look, don't dismiss Bill Belichick's coaching ability just because Tom Brady's going to another Super Bowl without him. The two of them needed each other for that run, for that dynasty to happen. So, Tom Grady is the GOAT, but let us not all of a sudden dismiss all of the greatness of Bill Belichick at the same time. All right, this is comedy at this point. I mean, look, I understand that Alabama is basically a tool to get players into the NFL. Best kids in all of the land go to Alabama, and they get drafted in the first round. They become superstars. But really, all the coaches are now following suit? Doug Marone takes an offensive line gig with the Crimson Tide? Has anybody not seen through this a little bit? If you have great players, you win a lot of games. If you win a lot of games, the responsibility and the credit goes toward the players. Guess who it also goes toward? The coaches. So this is why Steve Sarkeesian, and this is why Doug Marone, and this is why every other coach that goes and works for Nick Saban ends up getting a job again. But no one sees through this. I don't know if it's going to work every single time, but if you are a coach with no place to go, go to Alabama. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.